this is Madeline with Embrace the Madness. This is a podcast talking about how crazy life is, but how we're strong and we can develop certain habits and skills to make sure that we live the coolest life that we could ever dream of. So thanks for tuning in this week. If this is your first time coming, welcome. I've got a couple couple episodes before this one, but you really don't have to listen to them in order. I guess I just think logically kind of makes sense. But really just like the first five episodes to me are preliminary, just kind of getting everything on the table, agreeing on certain fundamental things. And yeah, now we're just kind of in the segment uh, talking about self-care and how important it is to living intentionally and making choices and decisions for yourself in order to maximize your happiness for the rest of your life. So last week, what did we talk about last week? Oh, failure. Yeah. So we talked about failure and how that's okay and making mistakes is okay and we should embrace it because it will help us to grow and learn and keep killing it, killing it, killing it. So this week we're going to talk about self-compassion and definitely I would have to say it's been a huge game changer for me. I have shared so many times um, within the last few episodes how kind of my voice has been inside all my whole life. It's just been really judgmental and critical and never really like gave me space to like fuck up or make mistakes or do anything that was perceived to be not perfect. So that's definitely been an ongoing struggle that I've had for the last 20 something years. But I'm so excited to reflect and think about how much I've grown in the last couple of years. I guess I am able to use my blog post as a cool timeline. So the one that I wrote about silencing the noise. I think right when I first became super aware of the voice, that was September of 2018. So it's been it's been some time for me to kind of think about that and work on that, but I'm just in a different place. So I'm just really excited to share kind of what I've learned and what I've taken from research, psychology, Buddhism, and stuff like that in order to create this really healthy environment in my head and in my life. And it just kind of bleeds out into everything and makes everything really, really nice. So la la la. So yeah, I had been growing up with this and I'm not really sure exactly what was kind of like the turning point. It could have been like the yoga class that taught me kind of just to listen to my body, but also listen to what's being said, period. Or if it was just me reading about mindfulness and stuff like that. But somewhere along the lines, I shifted into talking to myself really shitty, into like listening to what I was actually saying. And that was really kind of hard to come to terms with, like, holy shit, why am I talking to myself like this? Like, why am I just being so negative towards myself? Like, who? what did I ever do to you? And it's like, 
you didn't do anything. But then you're just like, well, none of this makes sense. And it seems super irrational and all of these things. So me being like the natural researcher, whatever investigator that I am, I was like, well, I just want to figure out where these came from and what they're doing here and how I can kind of shift this experience because it started to get really uncomfortable. When you quiet your mind enough to start listening in the beginning, you're just like almost overwhelmed with what's happening. And I think that kind of how we talked about the ego in the earlier episodes, I think that it's just saying all these things to kind of just make sure we're doing like always improving, you know? We talked about how the ego is kind of looking out for us evolutionarily. And so thinking about what would be the benefit of this inner critic just being so mean. Well, I think, I definitely think that it has to do with our childhood and the voices that we heard most frequently. But also, I think our ego just wants us to like excel and be good and make sure like, I mean, if we reduce any imperfections and mistakes, then it's like we're an optimal, optimally ran machine or whatever you want to say. So like it kind of makes sense that it's happening, but it's kind of like how I feel about parenting or just anything fear-based I think is kind of a weird convoluted way. Like it's great at control, but... I just don't agree with fear-based tactics. And I think that that can be compared to like the way that you talk to yourself and the friendship that you have with yourself because it 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 really sucks to like be like, dang, I that that's real. I talk to myself like that. But you start to grow kind of in <clears throat> not pity, but just kind of like genuine concern. And you're just like, dang. I am so sorry that you are going through this and having to listen to this and we're going to, we're going to turn things around. And so I guess that's kind of a little up to speed with where I am now. And I can tell for sure that creating this friendship with myself has totally changed everything. I am way more forgiving with myself. I listen to myself. I give myself space. I make mistakes, but it's okay. And I think just uh, just a culmination of all these things that I've been reading about and learning and kind of experiencing in life, and it's just helped me kind of just shape it all. But I found this cool uh, research paper by Kristen Neff and Katie Dom at the University of Texas at Austin. And they wrote kind of just this um, all-encompassing paper on what self-compassion is, what research has shown, yeah, what previous people have shown through their research. And then they did, I think, a bunch of mindfulness-based techniques and self-reporting things to kind of measure and correlate self-compassion with a lot of cool things. And so I really appreciated that they kind of took all these uh, researches and then Buddhist teachings and 
came up with three components of what self-compassion is. First, I'm going to, we can talk about the dictionary definition. So compassion is defined as sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings or misfortunes of others. And so we all kind of know how that is. Anybody that you really care about and love and your friends and your, if they're going through a hard time, our first instinct is to want to help them, to help them feel better, to make sure they know that they're not alone, to make sure that they know that we're here for support and also to remind them of how strong and capable they are and they're going to get through this. Well, I kind of wrote about it a little bit in my blog too, but you realize it's so easy to do this for your friends, but why can't we do it to ourselves? It kind of seems like a no-brainer when you think about it, but we're just conditioned to not. I think they mentioned that Western society thinks that self-compassion is kind of related to being passive and weak. And you know, in America, we can't look weak. So anyways, I just really, really transformed that, changed the perspective and just started applying those things to myself as I would a friend. And 10 out of 10 would recommend. So the three components are self-kindness, common humanity, and mindfulness. And they kind of explained each one a little bit. But self-kindness is self-explanatory. It says it in its name, being kind to yourself, being gentle, holding space for ourselves, and just all around just being kind, just like you would with your friends. Making sure that we have this safe place, that we're able to kind of soothe ourselves when we're going through hard times or when we're having these intrusive, yucky thoughts. And just creating that positive, healthy environment with kindness. The second one is common humanity. And I talked about that too, um, both in like the existence episode, but also in the failure and mistake episode. So we have to remember that we are all humans and nobody's perfect, and we're all going to make mistakes. It's like our job as humans. But because of this, we kind of have to accept that, like, we just have to accept reality. We are humans. We kind of didn't really get, get a chance to be anything else in this life. And so suffering and hardships and human emotions are just something that we're going to have to get on board with and knock it out, you know? And so remembering this kind of universal suffering, which is one of the fundamental elements of Buddhism, really just helps you to remind yourself that you're not alone, but also you're not the only one making mistakes and everybody does. So just kind of reminding you that it's okay. And the last one is mindfulness. And that's kind of one of those buzzwords that everybody, oh, mindfulness, mindfulness. Well, in relation to self-compassion, it 
is really helpful to remember to stay present with your experience and whatever you're going through. But also remember that you are not your thoughts and emotions. And so just because this wave of doubt and insecurity comes over you and it makes you really sad and angry and ashamed, that doesn't have anything to do with who you are as a person. And you're not actually like unworthy or inadequate like your thoughts are telling you. And that's where mindfulness comes in because it's really important that we remember to stay uh, separate from those because it's just a dark and dangerous spiral out of control if you do. And that, uh, that's been a huge one for me too. Just reminding myself that it's okay. And this is going to pass and you might feel like you're not worthy, but you are. And these are just feelings and they're important feelings. Like they're I've always considered like thoughts and emotions to be like messages from our brain, not our brain, our bodies. And so I think that they exist because they're trying to tell us something is not right or something's off. So yeah, staying present and stuff like that. Well, I'm sure you're like, well, my life is just fine. I don't need it. My inner critic is helping me succeed. Well, I'm happy for you, and I'm glad that you find yourself succeeding. I personally think that creating this environment within ourselves actually is probably going to work out better in the long run because I think you can get close and develop a strong relationship with your friend and one that's built on integrity and honesty and respect and love versus kind of just like this huge big drama with a bully and instead of growing apart you're growing together and I think that this element of self-compassion helps us to uh, remember kind of our our worth and our what we deserve what we're going to tolerate and it helps us to create these boundaries with ourselves too but also with other people and kind of just put it out there, hey, I'm only going to tolerate respect and kindness for me. And I have these goals that I really want to meet and I want this out of my life. And so I'm going to hold these people accountable and also hold myself accountable with this. And that's self-compassion in itself too, I think. And I also believe on an energetic level when we are kind of eliminating that resistance of, oh, well, I don't like this part of me or this part of me never does anything correct. I think that when we can learn to be compassionate for ourselves and kind of forgive ourselves for the mistakes we make, then we just like have this direct energy flow and it may be similar to kundalini I'm not really sure but I totally believe in that and I almost feel like I can feel it in my body too just the lack of tension and just really just really light and free and what I've also realized too is over the past year or so developing this relationship with myself and growing and just making it all out of love and respect, 
I can do anything I want. And there's not this part of me that's holding me back like there was for a long, 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 long time. But I've created this support system that I can fall back on with myself. And it helps me to grow and love and learn and live too. So I don't know, these sound like pretty good things that you would add to your life. If it doesn't sound like something you want, maybe one day, but I can totally tell you that it's working. And if you want the studies, if you want to know what they say, they in quotes, I'm just kidding. Well, they even talked about some of their like self-report studies showing that there's a reduction in anxiety and depression when you are choosing self-compassion in your life. So, I mean, the research is there and I'm just, just really in a place of abundance and gratitude. And I think that self-compassion has been a huge, huge, huge role in that, uh, in creating that for my life. So let's see. Well, if you are interested in this and you're thinking, hmm, think this might be cool in my life. Well, there's some ways that you can. And, oh, I forgot to share this quote. So I found it in the research paper, but um, it's talking about, I think, uh, the relationship between self-compassion and motivation. And so here, I really identified with it. Uh, It talks about self-criticism. So to the extent that self-criticism does work as a motivator, it's because we're driven to succeed in order to avoid self-judgment when we fail. But if we know that failure will be met with the barrage of self-criticism, sometimes it can be too frightening to even try. With self-compassion, we strive to achieve for a very different reason, because we care. If we truly want to be kind to ourselves and do not want to suffer, we'll do things to help us be happy, such as taking on challenging new projects or learning new skills. And because self-compassion gives us the safety needed to acknowledge our weaknesses, we're in a better position to change them for the better. And I thought that was literally the podcast in a nutshell. Um, I totally agreed with the whole, if we fail, we know that self-criticism is coming, so we just avoid it, period. And I think I even talked about that in the last episode, just having this like, oh, well, if there's any possibility that I might not be perfect, I don't even want to look at it or think about it. But I think it's really nice too, because it also says like, if we really want to be kind to ourselves and not suffer, and I I took that to mean suffer for the rest of our lives, then we'll do things to help us keep happy. And I think that's kind of a lot of where my intention for the podcast was, is wanting to create this idea of conscious choice and intentions in our lives so that we can maximize our happiness, aka reduce suffering while we're here on earth. And I think that I think that this stupid Western idea of working your day job or whatever for the rest of your life and going to school to rack up all this debt and then maybe paying it off by the time you die, like that doesn't sound fun to me. And 
that sounds like a hell of a lot of suffering. And so I think that when we can be intentional and choose things that we want to do because we know they're going to make us happy, I think that's self-compassion. And I think I think that that kind of ties in with the wanting to get rid of suffering and just, hey, there exists a world where there's suffering, but I can do what I want to eliminate it and just try to enjoy it while I'm here. And I just think it's great. I think it's so great. But anyways, let's go back to ways you can make it up in your life. So I'm going to do a whole episode on this one, but definitely changing the tone of your inner voice. And that to me was a huge uh, game changer for self-compassion. And so really you just have to want to change the tape. There's a tape and whether you want to believe it or not, you have conscious control of the tape that's playing. It doesn't want you to think that, but you do. And you can do it. You can change the tape in your head if you want to. You deserve to feel good and you deserve to be loved. And so I don't want to get too into it because I'm going to talk about it, but just going back to this idea of pausing, listening, accepting, and then moving uh, moving in a different direction after kind of learning all of those things. But yeah, stay tuned for that episode and we'll get really, really into it. So it kind of, I'm going to mirror the three components that we talked about earlier and kind of address ways in which you can promote self-compassion in your life uh, according to each one. So let's start with self-kindness. And we'll remember that just means being kind to yourself. So a way that you can do that is to remember to always hold space for you and how you're feeling. And so it's really important to remember that, like I was saying, that feelings are kind of like messages from our bodies. So I don't think there's really ever wrong or right in how you feel. It just is. It's just what's happening in that moment. And it might not be what you want to feel, but you can't really... You can't really just pretend that you're not feeling it. And I think that's something that I struggled with for a long time is just, well, I don't want to feel ashamed, so I don't want to. But then it just kind of creates this cycle and a feedback loop of just getting worse and digging its heels in there and, you know. But like I was saying, it's really important to just listen. Listen to these feelings. And that's kind of what giving space means is not like, putting, shoving your hand in its face, telling it to go away. Like we're, we're pulling up a chair and we're patting it and we're saying, come on, sit down, let's listen or tell me your story. But I think that this space and just willing to have an open ear helps you to, hey, I heard you. This may or may not be the case. Well, here's some steps we can take to move on uh, grow, continue to go, you know, and that way we don't like dwell in that yucky, weird uncomfortableness or over over identify with it either. And so another element I think that you can adopt in regards to self-kindness is 
reminding yourself that you are doing your best. You have been given these, or even just like you found them on your journey. You've just, you've got this tool belt and you have these tools. Well, it might not be that you have the tool needed to overcome the situation, but that's okay. You just haven't had a situation where you've come up to need it. And reminding yourself that you're trying your best, I think, goes a long way. And it's okay that you haven't learned these certain mechanisms. I think that it will be harder to navigate this when we beat ourselves up and kind of just get really upset that we're not where we want to be and stuff like that. And so it really takes a big element of honesty with yourself too so that you don't kind of like tip over and you're like, well, I didn't really know what I was doing, so sorry that I hurt you. And that's really the only thing I could think like would go in that direction. But yeah, you're trying your best and it's okay. And just allowing yourself that space and cultivating this really nice healthy, healthy environment that your brain can live in. Okay, so the second one is common humanity. And this one is, yeah, this one was another one that I kind of had to listen to and understand because when I kept running into like a wall with failure and mistakes realizing that I'm human too, even though it sounds kind of silly, like you're just like everyone else. You're not isolated. You're not alone. You're not this like special entity that's immune to being human. So it's okay. Like it's okay that you're going to make mistakes. And so reminding yourself when that happens and when you're going through these yucky experiences, reminding yourself that we're all suffering really helps to kind of just like, I don't know, just kind of allows me to sit back and just take a deep breath kind of. And you're not alone. And I know sometimes it feels like you are, but just reminding yourself that you're not and you're part of this shared human experience. And everybody else is like dealing with stuff in their own way too. And we just have to figure out how we're going to make it through. And that's another part of kind of my intention behind this podcast is having that realization and realizing how much not understanding it was holding me back. And so kind of like just this little hump, like if we can understand and integrate that we're humans and fallible and going to make mistakes, then okay, well, now we got that out of the way so we can do whatever we want. We just have to figure out ways and tips and tricks that we can manage dealing with that suffering on the way. So just always remember that you're going to make it through and that we're all yucky, messy humans. It's okay that you're having this experience. Uh, Like feeling our emotions is like just dealing with it. And I'm, 
kind of drifting into this like weird existential thing. But I always like wonder what, what, I mean, I guess like thinking about the meaning of life, but I'm wondering what, if the universe is experiencing it ourselves through human consciousness, it's like, well, I wonder like, like even just looking at the evolutionary benefits of it, like what, what is it doing? Is it learning to be okay with this separation? Is it trying to experience these emotions? What is it? And so I don't know. I kind of just went off on a tangent, but these are things that I think about. Also, I touched on it in my blog post too, but realizing that this whole spectrum of emotion too is part of being a human and being okay with experiencing all the different levels, experiencing joy, experiencing sadness, experiencing fear, experiencing happiness, experiencing loneliness, and all of these things. There's so many feelings. But I think that that's part of embracing our humanity too, is learning to be okay with certain parts of the experience, even though they might make us uncomfortable. Um, I guess that kind of relates to the next, but in regards to mindfulness is, yeah, you're having this experience and it's okay. It's, it just is. We don't have to attach like a good or bad judgment. We just have to accept that it's happening. And so I found that a lot of, well, and so I found that observing and listening instead of kind of meeting it with judgment and criticism really helps to kind of just identify and acknowledge what's happening. And that way we can kind of like spread out all the papers and kind of figure out A, B, C, you know. And so it's really tricky to not identify because our first instinct is, like I was saying, like, I have these random periods of time in my life where I'll just feel super horrible and I'll feel like I fucked everything up and I'll feel like nothing's ever good enough. And it's really hard for me not to just start kind of playing that tape of, well, you're not good enough and you're never going to be good enough. So we cannot continue to identify with those thoughts because it's just going to get us stuck. It's going to get us stuck in a loop. And so whenever you're having an experience like this, it's really nice to just take a deep breath, pause, listen, and just remind yourself that these are just thoughts. They're just thoughts. They don't mean anything in terms of your worth or your esteem or anything like that. It doesn't make you a shitty human or whatever. And reminding yourself that you are worthy of love no matter what goes a long way too. And so going back to listening to these thoughts, I think it's important to, and we more often than not are not going to like what they have to say, but I think that they're saying something for a reason. And I think that when we can listen to the thoughts that that in turn is holding space for ourselves, And when we can listen 
to what's being said, we can kind of trace maybe where it's coming from. And if there are certain things that are happening in our life or, you know, things like that. And kind of just opens up the discussion and dialogue for, well, here's maybe why I'm feeling like this. Let's see if this is accurate or things like that. And that's really helped me. The probably hardest part of mindfulness is accepting our present reality as it is. And so, like for me, I hate feeling guilty and ashamed. And I I don't like feeling like I'm unworthy. It's like a part of me understands that that's not true, but there's still a part of me that loves to dwell in it. And so I've got this weird kind of like angel devil on my shoulders and one's like, stop feeling that. That's yucky. Don't feel it. And the other one's like, but I'm really sad and I just want to feel it. And so then I just got this whole weird split energy in myself and I take that as me not accepting what's happening. And I think that, and I still struggle with that now too. And I'm reminding myself to hold space even for the yucky. Um, But I think that when we don't accept that, then it creates this resistance, kind of like I was just saying, like the angel and devil. And I think that the resistance creates tension in your body. And so I'm trying to remind myself that accepting this pain and suffering for what it is, instead of what I want it to be or wish it would be, I think it's really helping me learn to listen and keep pushing forward and navigate the madness. And so that is it with the three components. And those are kind of just things that I found to be helpful in my self-compassion journey. And it could be different for you, but there's so, so, so much research out there. If you are science and like database, there's a lot in Buddhist philosophy about compassion and caring about the suffering of others and ourselves and stuff like that. And yeah, there's just so, so many things that are on the internet that you can find. There's so many books and it's totally possible to get out of this world of self-deception and anger inflicted towards ourselves and moving towards this place of love and kindness and respect and I think that we're all worthy of it and I think we all deserve it and I think that we owe it to ourselves kind of just to make sure that we create that environment for ourselves because it I mean it really is all on us and I know that part's hard because it's super quick for your inner voice to be like well this is hard and it's not my fault and just you know where I'm going. Another thing that I think is a way to create and sustain this idea of self-compassion in your life is to set boundaries. And boundaries, I feel like, is probably a big buzzword too because everyone's like boundaries, 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 boundaries. I'm part of those people that say boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. But I think it's because they're so freaking important. And no one wants to be a doormat. 
I mean, maybe you do, but I'm sure you're a beautiful doormat. I think that setting these boundaries creates this idea of respect that we have for ourselves. And whether we're maintaining these boundaries with other people or ourselves, I think that just kind of raising the standard for respect towards ourselves is totally the way to go. And I don't want to get too into boundaries because that's what we're going to talk about next week. And I'm actually going to Mexico with my friend and her friends for her bachelorette party. And so I'm going to record the boundaries episode today if it's a great day, but probably tomorrow because I always put things off to the last minute. So setting boundaries is part of this idea of self-compassion. And I think that it's really important for living intentionally because if we don't and we kind of let our boundaries slack off, then it's going to be harder to navigate the madness and create our reality because we don't know how to respect ourselves. So yeah, we'll talk about that next week and why they're so important and how they can help you live intentionally. So I really appreciate you listening to this episode and I'm really excited to talk about all the fun stuff and yeah, I hope you have a great rest of your week and I hope you remind yourself to hold space and remind yourself how worthy you are and that this is a crazy journey, but just put your seatbelt on and everything's going to be loads of fun. This is Madeline with Embrace the Madness. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of Embrace the Madness. Don't forget to subscribe so you can learn to live your best life.